0: We are just so thankful that we have the privilege to be here tonight. Amen? Anybody else feel that way? Or is it just me? I, I'm just thankful. I, I Sunday night's just always been one of those things, and I just I just love being in the house of the Lord on a Sunday evening. And, uh, and so tonight, we won't keep you long, but we do want to speak into your life the word of the Lord just for a few moments. I pray that you have been able to glean and maybe come to a deeper understanding and uh, hopefully even feel a release in your spirit over the last four sermons or messages, whatever you want to call them, that we have shared from this platform concerning the biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit. How many knows we need him tonight in our lives? And, uh, And I'm so thankful that God has given us the gift of the Holy Ghost to be able to help us on our journey. And to lead and guide and direct us and uh, keep us in a place where we can hear from the Lord in a very special and unique way. Tonight, if the Lord would help me, and I mentioned it this morning, that uh, I'm going to preach for a few moments. The Lord would help us uh, on a simple title of when evil makes its move. And how many knows that evil is moving? there is such a boldness today we were talking about it a little bit this week but you know there's always been evil uh and we know that we're in a war we're in a conflict the kingdom of light is against the kingdom of darkness and if we've read and studied our bibles it doesn't take long for us to realize that uh Jesus Christ our savior our redeemer uh he is the chief cornerstone of, uh, of of our lives and he is that which is about good and he is about the kingdom of light and he is one that is paid an ultimate price so that men could walk with salvation and redemption and healing and power and authority. And But yet at the same time we know this that there is a kingdom of darkness and if there's a kingdom it means that there's a king, and it also means that there is subjects to that kingdom. We've taught that through the years at different times, and the Bible's very clear in Paul's writing, especially in the book of Ephesians, and he simply tells us to put on the whole armor of God, that we can be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And uh, there's a whole list of things that is said there, and it simply says, that tells us that we do not fight against flesh and blood, But we fight against spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities and powers. And and we've read and studied that. And we've heard that preached forward and backwards and upside down and right side up, if you've been around the church any at all. But however, there is strategic times in history where the enemy becomes agitated, just like And it begins to cause there to be a disruption or a stir or an attempt to show forth even in a greater way. And I sincerely believe that we are in that time now. There is a great attack upon faith. There's a great attack upon if you want to say it this way, there's just a great attack upon common sense. Uh, you know, where right is now not considered to be right at all, but it is considered to be something of hate speech. And uh, if you're going to take a stand against something, uh, then get ready for persecution of some sort to come to you. But that's all right because that, what we were just singing about, we are covered by the blood. And when we are covered by the blood, we do not have to fear man, nor do we have to fear the kingdom of darkness because we know how the story ends. And we also know that the kingdom of darkness, uh, it is a defeated kingdom. Doesn't matter how much smoke he blows, doesn't matter how much in the life of a man or a woman of faith, uh, we have the power and the ability to resist the devil. And your Bible says what? Says he might flee? No, it says he must flee from us. So therefore we must operate in that authority and we have to operate in that power. But we know this, that when evil makes makes its move, There has to be a response and I'm here to tell you today, there is something much different and I think we need to make this very clear. It's one thing to go to church. It's another thing to be the church. There's a lot of people going to church. Now you should go to church, but if all you're going to do is go to church, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time there. But if you're willing to be the church, then I'll lock arms with you and we'll go to war. Because can I tell you tonight, it's not okay just for us to think that it's okay if we just go to church. Because when you and I just make a decision to go to church, then we're not really passionately pursuing those things that God has given to us. And therefore, what we are not passionate about, our children and the generation following us will not care for at all. And that's why we see across our nation as well as the nations of the world that we see simply empty houses of worship because we got comfortable just going to church and did not take the responsibility of being the church. It's a very uncommon thing that we see when you come into this house and others across the nation that is filled with every age group. It's not commonplace in our nation today. But you and I today need to understand that when evil makes its move, it it requires the church to respond. Doesn't mean we just have another church service, but it means that we understand that we have to stand and resist that which the enemy's trying to do. And in our nation today, there is still a reason to fight. David showed up on the battlefield and he said, is there not a cause? I would ask you tonight, is there not a cause? Look around and see your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews. Uh, look around at those children and the young adults in your community and in your place of, uh, uh, of influence and tell me there's not a cause. There is still a reason to stand and to fight. We're, we're not just going to wait this thing out until Jesus comes. But the Bible tells us that we are to what? We are to contend for the faith. We are to labor. We are to work while it is day, because night comes when no man is going to be able to work, but right now you and I have to understand that there is a responsibility and there is a job before us and I 'm going to preach with the Lord to help me about this for a few moments and i 'm going to take you along tonight, but in Esther chapter number three, Esther chapter number three, we're going to jump in verse number seven. Read through verse number 11 together tonight, and then we're going to visit a few other passages in just a moment. Very familiar story, probably for many in here, and we know that we are finding in verse number 7 uh, we find the following in the first month that is the month of Nisan, It is in the twelfth year of the king uh, and they began to cast the pure that before uh, the, the, which is the lot before Haman from day to day and from month to month into the twelfth month and it was in, this is the month of Adar now Haman said unto the king, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provenance of thy kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all people, neither keep they the king's law. Therefore it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. Think about that. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand, and he gave it unto Haman, who was the Jew's enemy. And the king said unto Haman, The silver is given to thee, the people also, to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. For a few moments, we want to take this and we want to just dive in, but let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your anointing in this room. We thank you for the blood. And Lord, I thank you now that we can ask and we can hear and experience the response of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, today anoint this vessel to speak that which you've birthed in my heart over the next few moments. And Lord, let it be validated, let it be presented in a manner where there is signs following that which your word is saying today in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We see that this is a meeting between Haman and the king. We see immediately following this meeting, the plot to destroy God's chosen people, the Jews, was put into motion. If you were to read chapter number 3, verses 12 through 15, you would find immediately following this which we read, the scribes was called in and they began to write out a degree. This degree was written out in a manner that was pleasing to Haman. Now, Haman, we know, was a man that was filled with anger and bitterness. He was a man that was not a friend To the Jews but he was an enemy of the Jews and all of this began and this great manifestation of evil began all because of one refusing to bow let us get the backstory of what we just read if you were to read the first two verses of chapter number three you would find that Haman was promoted and he was advanced before all of the other priests that was there in the kingdom. And they was given, everyone else around him was given a command that every time Haman would come in and out of the gate of the city, they were to bow and to reverence him. For the king had so commanded. However, Mordecai, being a Jew, refused to bow. And the Bible says that he bowed not nor did him reverence, meaning this, I am not going to bow before anyone other than my God. Now, because of this, this caused a rage to come over Haman, which led to his desire to not only to destroy Mordecai, but all of his people. If you were to read this story in its entirety, you will see that he desired to put hands on him, but therefore, when he began to see what was taking place, he began to put together a plot and he begins to speak words into the ears of the king and says this, that there is a people that's scattered all abroad and dispersed throughout your kingdom. It's in all every providence and their laws are different from all the other people. Neither do they keep your laws. and. Therefore, it's of no profit for you to be here. What he was simply saying is you need to get rid of these people because they are of no value to you. And in the future, they're probably going to cause you problems. Hmm. Think about it. So he began to set in motion a plan. If I can just get the king... To put a stamp of approval on what's in my heart. Then I can bring silence and destruction. But that wasn't enough. There was such hatred. There was such motivation. That when you read this story that Haman had went home and he began to build gallows because basically what he was said he was blinded with madness concerning Mordecai. That he simply said, on this specific day, if you read for the sake of time, we're not going to read it all tonight. But when you begin to read, uh, you will find, and it's very clearly given, that it simply says this, that on a specific day, we are going to bring destruction and death to every Jew, but on that day, Mordecai is mine. And he began to set in motion, and he began to make preparations, which then brings us to the next phase of this historic event. In Esther chapter number four, verse number one through verse number three, it says, and Mordecai perceived all that was done. Now let us pause here for a moment. What did he perceive that all that was done? You have to read in chapter number three that there was the scribes that came together and they put everything together and wrote out the degree. And Mordecai had taken the ring that had the seal on it and he had sealed it with the king's seal. They were sent to every providence. They were sent to every neighborhood. And it said this, on this specific day, at this specific time, we are going to begin to slaughter because we are going to annihilate the people of God. Now upon hearing, upon receiving that, he began to perceive what was been done. There was insight that Mordecai had at this moment. And Mordecai in this moment, it says in verse number one, he rent his clothes and he put on sackcloth with ashes and he went out into the midst of the city and he cried with a loud and a bitter cry. And he came even before the king's gate for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth, he went as far as he could. And in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his degree came, there was great mourning among the Jews, and fasting and weeping and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Mordecai, along with many others, made a decision in this moment in history to sound the alarm. Can I tell you tonight, I'm simply trying to sound an alarm. I'm not bringing you something that is uh, enticing, and I'm not bringing you men's wisdom, I'm not bringing you fluff tonight, but I am going to do my best to empty myself for the next few moments, because can I tell you, their willingness to cry aloud calls the atmosphere to become troubled. There began to be a disruption because of what was taking place. That which had been set in motion and was faced with an unexpected resistance began to cause a turbulence to become present in the land of this kingdom. Esther, when she heard the cry and when she had tried to bring clothing and tried to comfort Mordecai, who she loved dearly, she was faced with the reality of her day. Let me take just for a moment because let me paint you a picture. In Esther chapter number four, Mordecai, he comes to the gate of the king's palace and he's there and he's sitting in sackcloth and ashes and he's not whispering, but he's crying aloud. And he's crying a bitter cry and he's wailing and he is weeping and everybody's saying what's going on and Esther is in a place where she is within the king's quarters. She is in a place that is absent from the chaos and she's not hearing what has been released in the streets of the kingdom. And we find that as she hears that somebody brings news and says Mordecai, the one that you love, the one that has been so kind and generous to you, uh, the one that has made sure that she was protected and taken care of. And you." arrived here is sitting at the gate and he's not just sitting there but he's sitting in sackcloth and ashes and he's weeping with a bitter cry and she says go find out what's wrong and he begins to rehearse in the ears of her servant Uh, and then not only does he rehearse it in his ears but he then gives her a copy of the degree and says let her read it for herself this is what the objective is of the hour and when she begins to read it, it begins to face her with a reality. And tonight I want to use as a symbolic measure simply as Esther is a picture of the church. Uh, she was in a place where she had to make a decision of what she was going to do with the news that she had just received. Uh, she was going to have to stand and self-examine everything in this moment. Uh, and Mordecai, as she begins to sing clothes to comfort him, and she begins to send things his way. He refuses everything that is sent uh, but he does send a word back to her and he simply says to her, uh, he says in verse number 13 and 14 of chapter four, think not with thyself that thou shall escape in the king's house uh, more than all the Jews uh, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time uh, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? He was simply looking at her and giving her this message through her servant saying this, I'm believing that my God is more than able to protect his people. He was simply saying, I don't know exactly how it's going to look. I don't know exactly by what means it's going to be accomplished but I do know this, uh, in my spirit, uh, I know uh, that we are going to overcome. Uh, How can I say that he said that? It's because uh, of the word says we shall uh, overcome. Uh, We shall conquer this. Uh, But however, Esther, uh, God has favored you. Uh, God has granted you things that's beyond your comprehension. Uh, Esther, you're setting a place that you never dreamed you would set. Uh, You're experiencing things that you never Thought you would experience, uh, but do we know it could it be that God elevated you uh, for such a time as this? Uh, he said, What I do know, however, uh, if you sit in silence, uh, you and your family's household will be destroyed. Uh, what he was simply saying is this uh, this is a personal vendetta against me. Uh, if you sit silent and do nothing, uh, I'm believing God will deliver the people, but yet it may be at the expense of. Uh, of your heritage. Uh, What he's simply saying is this, he had insight. Uh, I know where this is coming from. Uh, I know that Haman has an issue with me uh, because every day the people uh, would say uh, to Mordecai, why are you not bowing to him? Why are you not reverencing him? Uh, But he stood steadfast, unmovable. Uh, He was abounding in what he knew was true. Uh, I need somebody to have some spiritual backbone today and say it doesn't matter how much pressure they apply Uh, but we are going to stand, uh, and we are going to stand unmovable, uh, abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, But Esther, uh, she begins to self-examine. And Esther, uh, she gets to a place, and and it would be amazing to know exactly what she was thinking in this moment. Uh, But she says, go talk to Mordecai uh, and give him my response. And this is her response uh, in chapter number four, in verse 15 through verse number seven. Esther bade them return uh, Mordecai this answer Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day I also and my maidens uh, will fast likewise and so will I go in unto the king which is not according to the law and if I perish I perish Uh, so Mordecai went his way uh, and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Uh, Esther come to realize uh, that she was not able to remain silent. Uh, It has been said by others uh, that it is uh, Silence is uh, the voice uh, of defeat, uh, or silence is something uh, that will never bring life. Uh, we know this. The church today, I want to talk to you for a moment. Uh, we find ourselves in a similar situation. Uh, once again, evil uh, is making a move, uh, but evil is not just coming after you, uh, and you and I need to understand this. Uh, it is so agitated, uh, and it is so aggravated uh, that we have some men and women in this nation uh, that has a Mordecai spirit uh, that says, we're not going to bow. It doesn't matter that the king elevated Haman. Uh, Haman is not the God that I serve. Uh, And it says, no matter what happens, uh, I know who the one true God is. Uh, And therefore, uh, because there is a Mordecai spirit still in the earth, uh, there is a resistance because there is a refusing to bow. Uh, I know there's many that's bowing and accepting and compromising, uh, but not everybody is. Uh, There is a difference, my friend, between the church world uh, and the remnant church. Uh, You can be part of the church world if you want to. Uh, It's chaotic and it's full of stuff, Uh, but the remnant, uh, it is a holy people, set apart people, a righteous people, Uh, and it is a people that walks with power and authority. Uh, And it's has a spirit of Mordecai upon it that says uh, we will not compromise, uh, we will not bow down, uh, we will not back up, uh, and we will not shut up, uh, but we will stand and we will decree and declare uh, that Jesus Christ is still the King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, Listen, on a Sunday night uh, we gotta get a Mordecai spirit back in the house, uh, because can I tell you, uh, enemy is trying to make a move, not just on you, uh, but he's trying to take your seed. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, there is an all-out assault uh, upon your children and your children's children uh, because you are standing steadfast uh, in the things of God. Uh, But can I tell you, uh, there is an enemy uh, that says I've got it all figured out. Uh, This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Uh, We're going to pass this legislation and we're going to bring this in and we're going to do this over here uh, and we're going to do that over here. Uh, But what? What they don't realize is that there's an unexpected resistance that's taking place in this hour. Because can I tell you, uh, there's a prophetic voice that is arising in our nation. Uh, and it's, having, it's starting to have effect. Uh, everybody thought, well, it's just we're just going. Everything's just as it's always been. Uh, but can I tell you, there's something changing. Uh, there's something moving. Uh, and I'll tell you what it is. Uh, it is Esther is awakening. Uh, Esther, uh, while she's been sitting in a place uh, where the evil king has been around. And it seemed like, well, it's okay. Everything's just kind of jiving together. Uh, But there's a disruption in the heart of Esther. Uh, Esther realized I can't sit here and do nothing. Uh, Esther realized I can't be silent on this issue. Uh, Esther realized I got to take my stand uh, and I know what the law is. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to go into the king uh, unless I'm invited. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to do certain things uh, and I also know that I can't do it in myself. Uh, But if my God will anoint me, uh, then I will go and stand before whoever. If I perish, I perish. But I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and do nothing. Man, I feel like preaching just for a moment. Can I tell you tonight there's an awakening of an Esther because there's been a cry of a Mordecai. And because the awakening of an Esther there is an unexpected resistance. And can I tell you when evil makes a move there has to be an awakening of the church. And when the church awakes uh, can I tell you, it begins to cause an atmosphere uh, to become troubled. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I don't know what you hear. Uh, I don't know what you see. Uh, but I'd like to send somebody to look over yonder one more time, uh, because I got a feeling uh, that there's a cloud about the size of a man's hand uh, that's uh, coming up out of the sea. Uh, can I tell you, this thing isn't going to end uh, like everybody says it's going to end. Uh, but when evil makes its move, uh, there. there. There is a church that will stand into me and try be triumphant in this hour. Give him a hand clap of praise this evening. (laughs) Church, today, we find ourselves in this season. Once again, evil is trying to take its hold. The kingdom of darkness is stirred up against the kingdom of light because there is those that is refusing to submit and to surrender. But I'm calling us simply to a place of awakening and a place to arise into a place of action. Because please hear me tonight, we need a spirit of boldness to come upon the church in America. We don't need people to continue to go to church. We need people to can get the concept of becoming the church. We need to realize that our silence will permit evil to advance. But however, when we began to cry aloud, it will cause the enemy to be scattered. The word of the Lord tells us very clearly in James chapter four, verse number seven, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The only hope that this generation has is for somebody to stand up and begin to resist. Please hear me. The only hope your children, your grandchildren have is for you and I to stand in a place of submission, a place of surrender, and to resist the devil and stand in a place where we're standing in the gap and say, not today, not on our watch, but we will sound the alarm. But not only must we surrender, not only must we submit, not only must we resist the devil, but please hear me. Ephesians 4 and 27. I mentioned it this morning, but let me mention it to you tonight. We must never give place to the devil. He always tries to make a return visit. He always tries to get into your heart, into your mind, into your life. But you have to continually resist and you cannot give place to him. Can I tell you tonight, this is a time like no other. In our lifetime. The elder saints have ran their race and they finished well and they're sitting and waiting for us in the balconies of heaven. You and I, we have transitioned and now we are to be the elders. We are to be the voice and that which we have given birth to is now stepping into adulthood and they are putting on a Joshua mantle and now they have given birth to a generation And now they soon will be advancing and growing in the atmosphere in which we create. Do you realize that there was a nation that was born in a wilderness that should have been born in a promised land? Hear me. There was an 11-day journey For the people of God to take out of Egypt. But it took them 40 years to cross over. That generation should have never been born in a wilderness. It should have been born in a place of promise. There's a mandate upon our nation. And our children are not supposed to be brought up in the environment that we now currently have in this nation. But they have been exposed to the most evil things because we got comfortable going to church and refused to be the church. Tonight there there has to be a change. And when I began to relook at this story over the last several days, I began to realize that Mordecai and the others began to set the stage for there to be a shift in the atmosphere. Those who lifted up their voices set the stage for the atmosphere to change. It appeared in this moment of time That all that was in Haman's heart was about to be accomplished. In the natural, it looked like there was no stopping what was scheduled to take place. You have to realize that in this time, that when a king would have a degree given and the seal from his ring was placed upon it, it was irreversible. It was set in motion. No man, not even the king himself, could stop what was happening. The way the structure of everything was in that day was simply this. Once it has been positioned, once it has been settled, once we move into this realm, it's a place of no return. On this day, the 13th day, the Jews will be destroyed. The Jews understood this. There began to be wailing. There began to be fasting. There began to be a bitter cry throughout the land. But all of a sudden, Mordecai and others, they began to cry aloud. And their cry of desperation, their cry of acknowledging the one true God was their only hope, began to cause a disturbance in the clouds raindroplets began to grow and there began to be pressure in the heavenlies. And when the heavenlies began to be pressurized by the prayers of the saints, there began to be a raining down in the spiritual realm. And this raining down began to cause men and women to embrace and to do things beyond the scope of the law. Most of us are familiar with this story. I don't have to tell you every detail, but I must tell you this, that upon three days of prayer and fasting, Esther goes in and she puts on her royal apparel. She goes and she makes her entry into the part of the palace to where the king is. and She is completely at the mercy of, of the king. She has no authority in the realm that she is stepping into. She was probably anxious. She probably had sweaty hands. She probably was uptight about what she was getting ready to do. And probably with every step, her heart began to be faster and louder she probably began to be deafened by the sound of is this going to be how my life ends will he accept me or will he not will I have favor or will I not and as she comes around the corner and she stands and at a distance and she's waiting and he looks and he sees her for whatever reason her, her beauty and her Her garment and her presentation touches the heart of an evil king. And he takes his golden scepter and he lifts it and holds it towards her. And when she could have been slain, he accepted her. And she was given a place and a position to begin to bring about an exposing of what was been done. I want you to hear me tonight in the midst of evil, in the midst of Haman thinking I've got it and it's getting ready to be like I want it to be. There is an Esther that has went into the chamber and has put on royal apparel. And it's not the apparel of men, but it is the apparel of heaven. And Esther is now walking in a garment that has power and authority that is beyond any power and any authority. And when Esther comes on the scene, it's not little Esther that, that they had saw before, but this is Esther in the queen's status, in a place of, that they have never seen her before operate in. And as she begins to operate in this place of authority that is given to her by the garments and things that she has on, there is a receptive to it, maybe not even knowing why. But when she walks in and he says, what is it that I can do for you? She says, I need you to come to a banquet with me. And oh, by the way, bring Haman A divine reversal began to take place. Can I tell you there's a banquet that's been made. And there is an exposing that's getting ready to be taking place. And can I tell you tonight, this is getting ready to cause many things to shift quickly. I know that there are those that we are fighting against in the spiritual realm that would make you believe that what they have set in motion cannot be reversed or stopped. But I come to tell you tonight that because of a cry of Mordecai and because of a reclothing of an Esther, there was a disruption of a Haman. Tonight, let me speak this over you today in Ephesians chapter 6 and 11. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Those who lifted up their voices set the stage for this shift. And it appeared that it was not going to be possible. But I stand with a great confidence tonight and tell you this. That we can see this shift if we once again will do what Mordecai and the others did. There's a lot of meetings taking place. There's a lot of marketing taking place. There's a lot of movement taking place within the church world and in the church community. But you stand and you have to ask the question, why is it that it appears that our nation is getting more evil and more vile? I have to tell you tonight, the only way we reverse this thing, the only way that we operate and stand in the authority that God has given us is if we do what Mordecai and Esther and the others did. And we find it even in God's word, very clearly given to us. and most of you probably could quote this verse. Second Chronicles 7:14 simply says this, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land." I'm going to tell you something tonight, a message is it going to bring healing? A song is it going to bring healing? On the level that we need it it will only come when Esther once again humbles herself and begins to pray when you and I will take on the mantle of prayer and we put on the mantle of fasting it begins to cause the atmosphere to change when there is an atmosphere change It causes a release to take place in the heavenlies. And right now, we need a release. We don't need a feel-good service. Those are wonderful, and I celebrate it with them. But we need beyond that. We need the healing hand of God to come upon a nation. And can I tell you what's happening? And it's going to happen. But there is going to be such movement and such activity. When I look at the life and the story of Haman, and I look at that which Mordecai had experienced, I sincerely believe this with all of my heart. And I've said this before, but by the unction of the Holy Spirit, I will tell you again. The Haman that was meant to destroy the church is going to have to lead the church through the streets of the city and going to have to acknowledge that he has the king's favor. In the midst of darkness, in the midst of uncertainty, when evil makes its move, if Mordecai will awaken and arise, and if Esther will awaken and arise, there will be a stopping of the plot of the enemy. All throughout biblical history, we see what happens when men refuse to bow. As they get ready to come to the music this evening, let me give you a couple of examples. Daniel... Don't you pray anymore, son, because if you pray, there's a den of lions. Daniel, don't you do it. But Daniel climbed the steps to his room with his windows open, and he prayed like he always prayed, and because of that, there was an attack upon Daniel. But can I tell you, in the morning, when the king come running, old Daniel, old Daniel, he simply said this, don't don't be too uptight, don't be too worried, because my God has delivered me. Because he refused to bow. David, old little David, old little shepherd boy, who do you think you are? Are you here to cause trouble? Why are you not taking care of the father's sheep? Why are you here? Well, my father sent me for this reason, but I see there's a problem out here and it has to be dealt with. Is is there not a cause? I will go fight. I will not bow to this uncircumcised Philistine. Who does he think he is that he can defy the armies of God? Who does he think he is that he can keep God's army for 30 days from advancing? The audacity of him to think that he can keep us in a place where we're standing still. That's not our purpose and that's not our call. I will go and I will remove him. I know he's a man of war and I'm just a youth. I know that he has years of battle experience. And I know he has a mighty sword. And I understand he has a man even in front of him carrying a hedge of protection. But what you don't understand is that I'm going to come to him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because he did not bow, there was a Goliath that had to fall at his feet. And there was an advancing of God's people. We loudly proclaim that everybody in this kingdom will bow down before this golden image that's been created for Nebuchadnezzar. The three Hebrew boys. We know them not by their real name but by their captive name, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They said, "We will not bow. Well, we'll give you one more opportunity. We'll strike up the band once again. We'll set everything in motion for you and we'll let everybody watch you as you bow down and worship because that's what man says you have to do. They simply said, we're not careful to answer thee, O king. We know that our God is more than able, but if he chooses not to, we still will not bow. Oh, there was a fiery furnace. And yes, there was anger. And yes, it was heated seven times hotter. It was so hot that the mightiest men of the kingdom fell down dead on the outside. But when those three Hebrew boys was placed in there, refusing to bow, bound hand and feet, with all of their garments on, evil was making its move. We've got them. We're going to show them. But all of a sudden, Somebody wouldn't bow. Man had to look over the balcony and simply say, Did we not cast three men? Why is it that I see four and the fourth man is as the Son of God? Can I tell you when a man or a woman refuses to bow, the fourth man is still in the fire? You will read in the text that three men came out, there was not a snidge of smoke upon their garments. God delivered them because they refused to bow. Stephen, evil making its move, he begins to speak and tells them the love of Jesus. They become so enraged, so powerfully overwhelming him and gnashing on them with their teeth and so violently hitting up on him, trying to get him to be quiet. They took him from the city, began to stone him. He refused to be silenced, but he bowed before his God. And he simply said, don't lay this sin to their charge. They don't know what they do. And when men was trying to kill him, don't miss this in your Bible, it says that he fell asleep. They didn't kill Stephen. The Lord let him go to sleep in his presence. Think about it because he refused to bow. Listen, he planted seeds that day that nobody understood because sitting on the sidewalk that day was a young man by the name of Saul. That young man had such hatred in his heart as he began to grow and develop he began to be a man that brings slaughter and death to the people of God. But he had an encounter one day on a road to Damascus And his name was changed from Saul to Paul. And he's the man that by the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost wrote two-thirds of the New Testament of your Bible. And Paul, even shipwrecked, deserted, placed before Roman authority, refused to bow. There were souls in his presence, he spoke in such a manner, they simply said, you almost caused me to be converted. They said, when it's convenient, I'll call you and you can come talk to me again. But all the way up to his death, he never bowed. And because of that, men and women are still being delivered and set free because of the cry that went went forth from his life, from his lips, from his hands. When evil made its move, it was defeated i could give you multiple stories tonight i could give you the stories of every one of the apostles even when they was been led to the cross that they was crucified on or when they was going to be beheaded or when they was going to be boiled in oil they refused to bow and what the enemy meant for evil god turned for the good everything that i've said tonight brings me to this point And I believe this with every fiber in me. Haman has built gallows for the church in America. But I stand without hesitation tonight and with boldness of the Holy Spirit and tell you that we are going to witness in the weeks and months ahead, we are going to witness the Hamans that built them hanging on them because the church is getting ready to be triumphant evil is going to be pushed back there is going to be a reprieve and there's going to be a moment in time where god is going to allow his glory to settle down upon this nation and we are going to be hand in the hand of god in such a manner that we are going to impact the world one more time i know it doesn't look like it I know in many circles and many people it's hard for them to get their mind beyond what they hear and see but tonight can I tell you that there's an Esther that has awakened and she has put on royal apparel and I'm talking about heavenly apparel and she's getting ready to be received by her king. and there's an exposing of evil. I'm here to tell you tonight, evil's made its move, but God's about to make his move. And there's a harvest of souls that's about to come to the kingdom. So I wanted to leave you with this tonight. There's so much more I can say, but... Psalm 68. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. I'm calling us to a place to rejoice why preacher why preacher maybe you haven't heard yet what's been happening in the palace maybe you're out in the providence where the news hasn't yet spread but can I deliver to you tonight that Esther Went into a place that she was not normally to be. And there was a banquet spread. And there was an open display of who Haman really was. And Haman right now in the spiritual realm, please hear me. Reality is coming to Haman in the spiritual realm where he realize I've overplayed my hand and destruction is coming when haman had went into his house after the banquet we find that his wife and his family said oh that's who mordecai is oh he belongs to the people that belong to god oh this isn't going to end well for you haman oh this isn't well we know that Haman was drugged to the gallows that he created and his life was taken from him I get no joy of thinking that people are going to lose their life and spend eternity in hell but there is men and there is women in this nation and others that have given themselves over to a reprobate mind where they're no longer are getting the call and the welcome to come to a place of repentance and they're operating in a place of darkness and evil. They're in the hands of the kingdom of darkness and they are plots and their ploys and they are moving and they're shifting and God says, I'm bringing them to an end. And Tonight, please hear me there was a shift that occurred that was not expected. Haman was destroyed and something that should not have happened happened. Before he went to the gallows, before he left the presence of the king, the king reached over and he grabbed the ring off of his hand. And when Mordecai was brought into the presence of the king with Esther, There was something given to Mordecai and it was the king's ring with the seal of authority. And he says this, rewrite it, make it what it's supposed to be. I sense there's a rewriting of some things in our nation. There is unexpected things getting ready to happen in every level of government, every level of government in the church, every level of government in the nation federally on the state level even in the local levels and There is getting ready to not just be an exposing but there's getting ready to be removals And God is setting forth his people and we will rejoice But Please hear me It's only happening in the regions where Esther Understands the call and the cry of Mordecai and is willing to go still away In her time of prayer and her time of fasting, she was given instructions on what to do and how to do. And that's why when you see her emerge from her place of prayer and fasting, she was clothed in different garments than when she went in. There's a garment change coming to the body of Christ. And as we transition in, God is going to receive glory and honor so be encouraged let the enemy of the Lord be scattered but let the righteous be glad and rejoice before God because can I tell you he is not going to forsake us but he is making a way forward for us and there is there is a change in the atmosphere let us stand all over the house if you will please hallelujah oh hallelujah hallelujah can we just begin to pray just for a couple of moments before we do anything else right where you are can you just worship him can you thank him for the cry can you thank him for the garment oh can you give him praise for the reversal? Her response to the cry moved the heart of an evil king. Her change of reign that brought acceptance from our king. Her willingness to approach him, it took sleep from him and it resulted into a complete reversal. Tonight, I don't know about you, but I'm believing for a reversal. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I'll lift your voice and just lift your hands. Can we just give him some praise in this house? Mm-hmm. Oh oh Lord I thank you for the rain that's about to fall Lord I thank you for I thank you Lord for what you're doing Oh oh feel like we can overstate the importance of the moment that we find ourselves in. But I sense by the unction of the Holy Spirit to encourage you tonight. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you feel like everything's just kind of crashing in. Maybe you feel like the weight is just heavy. Maybe you would even say tonight that, oh, I just, I just feel tired and I just feel overwhelmed. And I sense what you're saying through the preaching of your word tonight that there has to be a change and it can't continue as it is. But I sense I need to say this to you tonight. Do not be disturbed by what degrees you might even still see be written by Haman in the coming days. But the Lord says, I am going to reverse them all. I sense the Lord would have me to say to you that you will see me in my glory in a manner that you have never saw me. There are those of you under the sound of my voice tonight that you have witnesses, you have witnessed moves of God in the past. And the Lord would say there was definitely a move of my hand upon my people at that time. But it is not a time like this time, and therefore my move will be different than that move. And there will be an intensity to this move that was not at that time. But you will know that it's me because you will sense my spirit. And not only will you sense my spirit in this place of worship, but he says, you will sense my spirit. In the realm of business and in the realm of government, you are going to see me begin to methodically move. And people that you thought could not be softened and could not be altered will begin to fall down and worship me, says the Lord. And he says, those, when those things begin to happen, it will be a sign to you that what you're hearing is beginning to be set in motion. And you will begin to know that I'm doing something new and fresh. And in this season, we are not just dealing with a rainy season, says the Lord, but we are dealing with the time that you have read in Scripture of when the former and the latter rain comes together meaning when they fall simultaneously together, it changes the landscape. It means that things begin to bloom when it shouldn't bloom. It means that life begins to emerge when life shouldn't emerge. Uh, it means this. The Lord would simply say, and I hear in my spirit say, if you think it's strange, just look at Israel. Look at my land. Uh, look at what was barren, and now look at its beauty, says the Lord. That which men said never would be now was standing, and is a testimony of who I am. And what I've done in the natural, I'm getting ready to do in the spirit. There is people that have been barren, but they will begin to be bloomed. They will begin to be a voice and they will begin to be moved on. Uh, and they will begin to take this message to the ends of the earth, says the Lord. Everybody could not understand how Saul could come from Paul or uh, well, how Saul could transition into Paul and take uh, and be completely reversed. But today we're witnessing and we are going to witness uh, that same type of transformation take place in the hearts of men and women and we are going to begin to see a farther reach than we have ever known God says I will show myself and I hear this in my spirit just now I hear a confirming in my spirit I hear the words of my father The Lord would simply say and they will say, my, my, my. If you desire, if you desire to be a Mordecai, if you desire to be an Esther, that is in complete, complete surrender to whatever it may look like that God's getting ready to do in the earth and especially in our nation. I want you to step from your seat and I want you to stand, kneel in this altar and I want you to spend some time alone with the Lord today. Right now for the next few moments before we do anything, because I'm here to tell you tonight something's changing, something's shifting, I'm not looking for an emotional response. I'm looking for somebody to be tired of going to church and becoming the church. And as we position ourselves, healing is coming, deliverance is coming, joy is coming, peace is coming, rest is coming. Hallelujah. Oh, we're just going to spend time with you tonight, Lord. We're just going to spend time with you tonight, Lord. Oh... Oh, we lift our voice. We bow our knees. We just spend time with you today, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Jade here. I just want to thank you for watching the service with us today and being a part of it. We ask that you stay in touch with us, follow us on all of our social media platforms, and we'll see you again soon. We love you, so does God.